0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au.
1: We're speaking in a series this whole month on unique. Why are you unique? Uh, It's a great way to spell it because the U in the unique is unique. There it is right there. Psalm 139 verse 14 says this, It says, I'll praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. In other words, God says, I've made you like this. What's important is that you know it. Secondly, Deuteronomy 26, verse 18 the Lord has declared today that you're His people, His own special treasure, just as He promised. You're special. And you are valuable. You are a treasure in the eyes of God and that you must obey all of His commands. How about we read together 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18 up here on the screen and it says this, but now God has set the members, read it with me. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as He pleased. He never fitted you in because He had nowhere else to put you. He never fitted you in because after all, all the good spots were taken. He never fitted you in because after all, you know, He's got to do something nice for you, even though you don't deserve it. It doesn't say that. It says, but now God has set the members, each one of them, every single Person. Nobody was left out. The door wasn't shut and you were left outside. Every single one of us has a divine purpose and a destiny for our life that only you can fulfill. If you will hear this today, it will liberate your soul because you will learn and discover for yourself, I don't have to be somebody else. I don't have to be everything to everybody. I don't have to meet all the needs. I've only got to do what God has wired me to do. And I am set in the body. He put me, Jeff Woodward, right where I am. I don't have to be somebody else. I don't have to be cooler than cool. I don't have to be better than better. I don't have to be gooder than good. I've just got to be me in this wonderful thing called the body of Christ. And here's the best part about it is that somehow or other God gets all that variety and all that difference and He makes it work for the betterment not just of you. You will be better for it but He makes it better not just for you but for the entire body of Christ and for the world outside because we are the light of the world and we are the soul of the earth. And so when I fit into my place, in my uniqueness, uh, the world is blessed as a result. You've got a divine purpose. You've got a destiny for your life that only you can fulfill. Pastor Bruce. Where's my little table here? Luke, can I have my little table, please? Thank you. Oh, you got to bring those out for me. Thank you so much. Uh, Pastor Bruce is coming to help me. Thank you, Pastor Bruce. You can just leave the beautiful handsaw there. But um, now don't shout out if you know what these are. I've got to be honest, I bought this and had no idea what it was. Haven't got a clue. Bruce, I'd like you to go down into the crowd this morning and I'd like you to get a few people to give you an idea of what this, I thought it might have been something to do with ice skating, but apparently that's not true. Uh, but I discovered, by the way, that Bruce was a bricklayer. That's a serious thing. Bruce laid bricks. Not only that, Bruce bought in for me this week a steam engine that he made full every single part of it. I should have got you to bring that today. All, all the metal, the boiler. And I'm kind of going, really? And he goes, oh, yeah. He said, I taught my class in what was it?
0: Photography as well as that.
1: Photography as well. And, and all this stuff. And I'm going, Bruce, really? And he goes, yep, all that. Bruce, go down there with that thing for a minute, would you? Go down and ask a couple of people if they know what it is and uh, can check it out. There are some I'm going to
0: avoid for obvious reasons.
1: Uh Some people, yeah, we won't go to John Hill because John knows every tool that was ever made.
0: Who's game? Okay, here we go.
1: Let's see if you know. If you know it, I'll give it to you, by the way. Is it for raking joints? Is it for raking joints? Well, I don't oh, know. Could be right. asked someone in, else. In Bruce? medical sense? Hmm. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: could be painful. Gabby. Is it called a scree where you kind of like spread the um, the motor or something on? Uh, you're close. The, the, the motor you're or close. the mortar? It's not a uh, yeah.
0: The thing that's green and brown. Okay. The yep. thing that's green and brown. Cool. That All right.
1: Before.
0: We we could be going somewhere with this. Who else? Ask
1: Sylvia Baker. There we go. uh, You're getting dubbed
0: in by your husband here.
1: Um, Is it to clean the mortar in between the bricks? Very good. We're there. Very good. Awesome. How many people knew what that was, by the way? Look at all you industrial types. Cool. Here's my point with this, because there is a point to all this. Here's my point just because you don't know the purpose of something doesn't mean it's useless. I bought this at that store. <laughs> I bought it and I'm going, what on earth is that? I bring it into the office and Bruce goes, oh, look at that, a thingy. What He didn't call it a thingy, he called it what it was. And I'm going, how do you know that? And then he says, oh, I used to lay bricks. And I'm going, you're dead? First I've heard of it. There's a lot of things about Bruce I'm discovering. But just because you don't know what it is doesn't mean it's useless. Isn't that right? And it's important that we understand some of the things about tools. Now, this one's a bit easier, Bruce, but off you go. Go go the other side this time you and see if you can find somebody well. who other side. knows what it is.
0: It's yellow. That means it's important. Yeah, exactly. Important. Yeah. It's yellow. Okay. Close-ups. Let's have a go.
1: John will know. Don't ask John. He'll know, I know. for sure. We're avoiding Lara, Ask Lara. Lara, Lara? might not know. Okay. A glass cutter. A All glass right. cutter. All
0: right. Boom, boom. You can't, not a you glass cold, cutter. But boom, you're not boom. hot. You're kind of like somewhere in between. Who else? Here we go. Oh, down the back there. You know,
1: mate, right me. down the back. Bruce, I'll send you up to the balcony for the next one.
0: Yeah, I might need to.
1: <laughs> I thought that was the easiest one. Maybe Here that's just because I knew what it was.
0: Have I guess. It. A it! I jump it. Chocolate? A chocolate or a jumplet? No, it's okay. not that. Yeah, you might need a dental trip after that if you eat on it. Yeah. I reckon. Who are we going? Oh, uh,
1: okay. Yeah. It's a pipe cutter. Oh, a pipe cutter. all right. So here we go. It's a pipe cutter. He's right. It's a pipe cutter. Uh, cuts all kinds of pipe, actually, copper and brass and that. Thank you, Bruce. And PVC. And PVC. Thank you, Bruce. Yes, Bruce used to be a PVC pipe cutter. Uh, so, if you want that, uh, whoever it was who got those questions right, I'll put them out at the cafe for you or the Connect Hub and you can go and collect those. I don't know. I'm still not sure about that. I honestly thought maybe it's something for flaws. Uh, I do know this second point about your uniqueness is this that if you don't know the purpose of something, you're liable to misuse it. Isn't that true? If you have no idea what a tool is for, I mean, you might get a a screwdriver and use it as a chisel. (laughs) 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 It's our secret, John. I'm not telling a soul. (laughs) My father used to say to me, boy, every tool has got a purpose and don't misuse it. Don't bury an axe in the ground. Don't use a screwdriver for a chisel and definitely don't use a chisel for a screwdriver. But I do know this, if you don't know what the purpose of something is, it's most likely that you'll misuse it. When we do our ministry of red frogs and joining with so many others now and doing that, one of the things we want to say to young people is this, is that you are unique, you do have a value, find out what it is, because if you don't, you're liable to mistreat that thing. You'll regard it as being who cares, it doesn't matter, it's my life. I go, no, it's not anyone's life, but God's. And I'd go, if you don't know what God's put you on the earth for, you can spend an awful lot of time and not use properly what God has gifted you for. Here's the third thing I would say about the uniqueness of the instrument that God has called you is that it has no effect until it's made available for someone to use. Quite frankly, this hanging up in my shed won't do anything to any uh, work or, or help with anything because I just have it sitting there going, I don't know what it's for. If I don't know what it's for, it won't have any effect. If I gave this to John Hill, who can, seriously, he can make the Taj Mahal quicker than that guy made it. Uh, John could build that thing. If I gave it to John, the skilled master craftsman that he is, John would make something beautiful out of this and I'd be standing there going, oh. It doesn't have any effect. Your life and mine will not have the effect it's designed for until we make ourselves available. The difference between my eight-year-old daughter when she was learning the violin. And her music teacher with the violin was vastly different. Depending, listen, depending on who uses it is the effect that it has. And you and I are not good enough, smart enough, great enough to be able to take this thing called the unique life called you and make it and use it well enough to give it maximum effect. My life will not have any great effect unless I make it available to the one who designed it in the first place. Here's the fourth thing before we move on. Is the more it's used skillfully, the more useful it becomes. How many people here have ever hit your finger or your thumb with a hammer while you were hammering? Look at all those hands up. Why did you do that? Not because you're silly, but because you weren't used to using the hammer most likely. Most carpenters swing that hammer around, bang, bang, bang. And those of us that are not used to it, we're still hitting away after five minutes. Yesterday, uh, I decided I needed to lift some tiles on my roof. And uh, I'm very sure that if you're a tiler, I was asking John, our drummer today, I was asking John about tiling. He used to be a roof tiler. I said, John, I'm there pulling up tiles and I'm like going, what am I doing here with this thing? And I I had screwdrivers under the tiles to hold them up and then a broken bit of tile under that other one and scraping my hands and everything else. Why? Because see, I'm not skillful at roof tiling but I reckon I could probably learn. And I reckon if you gave me a couple of months on the job, most likely I would be able to do it far more quickly and with far less pain and far less scraped skin If I was able to get some practice at it. I say that because too many of us, when God begins to use us, I'll never forget somebody got up to prophesy and they were, they were just learning. And they got up to prophesy and they they heard someone use King James. They thought that's how you should start. So they said, Yea, thus saith the Lord. Because they were bold and they were confident. But then they didn't know what to say next. So they just stopped. And they thought, well, Pastor Jeff always teaches us to have a go. So they said again, but they thought, I'll use a different phrase. So this time they said, for the Lord would say. I was there for this, by the way. I'm not making this up. The Lord would say. And and you know what? They still didn't know what to say next. So they just stopped. And then they thought, well, three three times might work. And the third time they said, for thy God should speak. Who talks like that? Nobody does. But they thought it might help. Thy God should speak and thy Lord should say unto thee, nothing came and they said, oh heck. (laughs) Now does that mean that person should never prophesy again? No, it doesn't. The scripture says we prophesy according to faith. But you know what? If the first time you try something, maybe the first time you step out in leadership or maybe the first time you go down there to kids ministry and say, I'm going to help down there. Maybe the kids are, are yawning and ignoring you. Does that mean you're not meant to be there? No. Sometimes the mere fact that our first attempts don't launch too well doesn't mean anything at all. Sometimes it means we should push you. Amen. The more it gets you skillfully the more useful it becomes. Fifthly and lastly is this. Obviously, every instrument is designed to meet a need. This is not just something to, to vaguely look at. This is something that's meant to have impact. Somebody designed this. Somebody was a bricklayer and got tired of using their finger, I would imagine, <laughs> to go along the mortar joint, wearing off the fingerprint on that finger, and probably got tired of it, thought, you know, there's got to be a better way. And they picked up a bit of Rio bar. And when I think that's the thing that's working, they thought, well, if I put a bend in it, there'd be a nice curve and they do that. And then they thought, you know what? If I put a handle on this, someone will pay 25 bucks for it. <laughs> some stupid handyman, some stupid handyman will cough up for that. And lo and behold, they were right and I did. Huh? See, listen to me. You are, designed, you are designed to meet a need. Get this. You are designed to meet a need. You're not designed. God has no embroidery Christians. God's got no pretty Christians. God's got no ornamental believers. Every single one of us Listen to me, you've got to get this. Every one of us is designed to meet a need. You are not designed just to get a job and buy a house and go old and get a pension and then one day shuffle off this mortal coil while everyone sings, we'll meet again. Amen. You're not designed just for that. You are designed to meet a need. And I thank God for the variety that he has put in the body of Christ, all the people that can do so much. Like, seriously, we were down in the studio at Mingle Time and Mitch's uh, friend, uh, Kiana, was down there. I said, are you helping today? And she said, I have no idea what any of these buttons mean. And I said, I have less idea than you. I said, I don't even know how to turn the lights on in this church. But I thank God for all the people that know where everything is. I thank God for all the people who clean this place and make it right so you can turn up and enjoy a great service. What a beautiful thing that is. Every instrument is designed to meet a need. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20 says this. It says in a well-furnished kitchen that are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others designed to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift, watch this, to His guests for their blessing. God says there's all kinds of vessels. Why don't you aim to be one of the useful ones that blesses others? Why don't you set yourself in life to become one of the useful people for God, not just the watchers for God, but the useful people for God. There are three things, I believe, that make us useful for the Master's hands. Useful in what God has. Number one, the first thing that makes us useful is our attitude. And I'll say this in a a positive way, but you can think about the opposite of this. Psalm 119 verse 68 says this, You are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. Why could David, who wrote this Psalm, why could David go confidently up against Goliath? It's because he believed that. Because his attitude towards God had an expectation of miracles. Had an expectation that God was good and he would turn up. Think about the guy in the Bible who doesn't believe God's good. Or rather, he believes God's too good, and that's the man Jonah. Because when God, (coughs) pardon me, when when God saves the entire city of Nineveh, Jonah gets upset, says, "God, I knew you'd do that. I knew you would pardon those wicked sinners. I knew you'd be good to those people, and they don't deserve it. They're pagans. You ought to be wiping them out." Isn't it sad when you hear a Christian talk about lost people? People that are broken in life, people that don't know Christ, talk about them as though somehow or other God ought to be judging them for their wickedness. Rather than saying, God, You are good and You do good. And God, if I can help this person get positioned in the right place, then they'll experience Your goodness as well. So what's your attitude towards God? If you are cynical towards God, well, I asked God and He never did it, then it's unlikely that you are going to be greatly used by God. If you are one of those persons who's mired in disappointment and continues to live there, it's unlikely God, doesn't mean God won't save you, doesn't mean God stops loving you, it means He'll stop being able to use you. See this sore here, My father gave me this and I have no idea why. Because it was his father's who I never met. My father's father died before I was born. My dad gave me this saw and he said that was my father's. I said, that's great, Dad. (laughs) So I dutifully put it in my suitcase and flew it all the way home to Perth. He lived in Miraburra. And I remember once thinking out of sentiment, well... I think, you know, what I'll do is I'll use this saw because it's my granddad's. That whole thing is sentiment. Well, I've got to tell you, A, it's a lot heavier than saws they make today. B, the handle is broken uh, and dad has put a screw in the top there to try and fix it and didn't do that good a job. So it'll catch your skin pretty quick. And worst of all, it's as blunt as all get out. This saw must be nearly 100 years old. And you know what? I doubt that anyone's ever sharpened it in the last 100 years. I would have been better off using my teeth. <laughs> huh? Think about it a minute. So even though this was designed right, and even though this has got a purpose to meet a need, the reality is it's stopped being useful because it hasn't been sharpened. And if you will stop letting God sharpen your life. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? If you stop letting God sharpen your life, you stop getting used as much as you used to. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And there's nothing more unusable than a cynical Christian. Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I heard that before. Mm, yeah, we tried that once. Mm. Well, you can't expect too much. Really? Nothing will render you more unusable than that kind of response in your heart. Oh God, there's not much point in me even trying. I failed last time. Well, maybe last time was just the first time and you could try again. Maybe what you've got to do is get out the sharpening till maybe one day, I don't need to because I've got other good sores that are lighter than this, but I'll show it to John later. It might be worth a fortune. Amen. John says to me, oh, that's real proper antique. Look at that. That's worth $100,000. <laughs> I want to tell you it will be on eBay tomorrow. <laughs> or you can just come up to me and say, Pastor Jeff, I'd like to give you $100,000 for your father's soul. <laughs> Think about it about it. Huh? So our attitude to God, but it's not just our attitude to God. What about our attitude to people? Mark 16 verse 15, go into the world, Jesus said, go everywhere and announce the message of God's good news to one and all. But if my attitude towards people is, well, I measure how how good I'll be to them by how much they deserve, that's called partiality in Scripture. That's where I prefer one group over another. Well, I I like those people, but I won't like those. You know, I like those that are effusive in their thanks and gratitude, but if they're ungrateful, they can buzz off. If I'm judgmental towards others... Then I will render myself unusable because I think about this guy. I got a hurry, but this guy Ananias, you know, the guy in Acts where where the soul has been knocked down by Jesus and he's met Jesus. And then the Lord appears to Ananias who was a faithful and devout disciple and says to him, go to the street called Straight and you'll find there this guy Saul, he's my chosen vessel. And Ananias goes, you've got to be kidding. I've heard about this guy. He's running around putting people into jail. He's persecuting believers. And the Lord says, I know all that, but he's my chosen vessel. And I love the fact that Ananias gets over his prejudice. Huh? Because see, if I'm going to be usable by God, I can't judge people according to their nationality, according to their politics, according to their background, according to their social status. I can't judge people according to that or else I become unusable by God. Amen. Now I know this is a little bit close to the bone today. Amen. But it's worth it. My attitude. Second thing that determines my usability before God is my aptitude. Aptitude means availability or readiness. We discover our purpose by making ourselves available to God. Bruce and I were talking about this in Mingle Time. I said, Bruce, think about all the times you said yes to God, not knowing where it would take you. I said, that's why you're here. Amen. Amen. Oh, listen, never diminish the yeses you give to God. Matthew 4, verse 19, Jesus said this to these these newbies. Then He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And I can imagine the questions that were running around their head. Well, how long for? And where are we going to go? And who's paying for all this? And what am I supposed to tell my wife, Peter says? Jesus, you'd better come home because my mother-in-law lives with us. And I don't know how, because Jesus goes to home and Peter's wife's mother is sick and Jesus goes and heals her. I think Peter arranged it to bring Jesus back there because he's saying to his wife, yeah, look, I know I don't know where we're going and I don't know how long it's going to be. Yeah, no, I don't know who's paying for it. What about our business of fishing? Well, it'll look after itself. Hello, what are you on? What is the matter with you, you nutcase? (laughs) Now she mightn't have thought any of that. But that's my version. When we all die and get to heaven, we'll go and ask him and ask Peter's wife what she thought. I imagine all that. Imagine Thomas going, well, You know, really, can I have a contract? Can I have this in writing? But see, it's your aptitude. The reason these guys are the 12 disciples and the apostles is because when Jesus said, come, they said, right there. Amen. Right there. When was listen to me, when was the last time you said yes to Jesus? I don't mean, yes, Lord, bless me. Yes, Lord, use me but not with that neighbour because I don't like them. <laughs> huh? She has gone quiet in this church today. Huh? Hebrews 11 verse 8 that tells you why Abraham is the father of all them that believe. It says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Easy. Easy. It's the next bit. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Hello, did you get that? He went out saying, I don't know where I'm going. Sarah, where are we going? I don't know. Lot says, I'm coming. Where are we going? I don't know. Can I have a look at the map? I don't have one. Think about this a minute. This guy. Now, I'm not saying the crazier thing you do, the more God is in it. I've seen lots of people do crazy things that God had nothing to do with. nor they proved was that they were gullible. I don't believe you've got to obey a thought. I do believe you've got to obey the revealed will of God. And if you don't know what the will of God is, you should pray on it until you do. Tell the Lord, Lord, you can speak to me. I'll do whatever you want. I tell the Lord that I'll do whatever you tell me. If I know it's you, I'll do whatever you say. Thank you to everyone in this church who keeps saying yes. Sunday, two weeks time, we're going to have a further reveal of destiny offering. Why? Because it's gone up higher and higher and higher. And I go, we are, all of us that know we are, we say what an amazing church where people hear the Holy Spirit and say yes. What an amazing church where People serve so willingly and make themselves available. I'm not preaching to the cold. I'm preaching to the hot. I know that. I want to say thank you to every one of you for that. The last thing here though, because it's our attitude, our aptitude, the last one's our altitude. How high are you prepared to rise? How? Listen to me. How much can God challenge you? God tells a childless couple, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And they go, We don't even have one. Huh? Hail, thou mighty man of valor, he says to Gideon, who's hiding in a wine press. I've been to Israel. I've seen a wine press. And I thought the man must have been absolutely kiss, kissing the ground to have been able to hide in that thing. They're not big. And God turns up and says, You can do this. David's a, just a forgotten boy doing a menial task when the Lord shows up and strengthens him. Think about it. How high can God get your life to rise? Amen. How much can God challenge your life? Can He challenge you to believe more? Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. Let the weak say, I'm strong. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any person be in Christ, they are a new creation. The word literally means a new species of being. I love that verse in 1 John. It says, Beloved, uh, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. I love that verse. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. You look at you and you think you know you. And God says, no, I've got something for you that you would shock you if I told you. I've got plans for your life that if I told you what they were, you'd run a million miles in the opposite direction. And God goes, that's the life I've got planned for you. I plan to use you because I've set you in the body as I please. And some of you here that think it's such an ordinary task. It's not a big thing. But if you say yes to it, when David's father says, take this cheese and this bread and go see how your brothers are up at the battle. He never said, by the way, take a slingshot, let me prophesy to you that you're going going to find a giant down there and you're going to defeat him. And out of that, the king is going to give you favour and make you the the, in charge of the entire Israeli army. He don't know any of that. He just goes up having said yes. Are you with me this morning? I want you to say, don't say yes to me, say yes to Jesus. Say yes, Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Get out of bed tomorrow morning on your way to work or whatever you're going to do. And say, Holy Spirit, today my default is yes. Oh God, here's my life. I don't really know what its purpose is. I just know there's a designer behind it. And I want to say yes. And I want to make myself available to a master tradesman who will know exactly what to do in the right time, and the right place and do everything well. Amen. Yep. Father, we thank You for this morning. Lord, right now in this place where we are all thinking, how do I make room for God? I thank You for this church and for the people in it that are serving in ways that are, are staggeringly awesome and ways that are so ordinary. And yet, Lord, they're faithful because they're serving You. Thank You, Lord, for the people that are saying, here I am, I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I'm not sure that who I am is enough. But Lord, I'm going to let You do it. I'm going to give myself to You. Maybe all I'll do, Lord, is share my faith with that one person at work and say, I'll pray for them. Then You'll take their life and turn it into something incredible and I'll go, I'll look at the little part I had to play. We thank You for it, Lord. Father, we thank you for your blessing. Just right now where you are, come on, I don't care how long you've been a Christian. I'm in this and I'm still saying to Jesus, Jesus, please, I never wanna be on the shelf. I I never wanna be the antique of the church. We hold on to it because, you know, it's something that meant something once. But Lord, we're giving you our today yes. We're saying our today yes to you. Here's our life again. Because you know that old saw? I'm pretty sure that if I took it down to a saw sharpener, even though it's a hundred years old, all of a sudden it'd have a new life. Why? Because it allowed itself to be made available. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for people here that are on the cusp of saying yes to you. And this is today has has stirred something inside of them. They're going, well, what am I doing with my life? They've heard about You, but they've put You in the religion basket, the church basket. Oh, that's for those people. But Lord, today You're touching their heart and You're saying, this is for You. This is for You. This is for You. I pray, Lord, for people that used to be used by God or have dreams of it. and Then life has intervened and they've lost their edge. God, would You help them today in Jesus' Name. If you want to say yes to Jesus today, either yes for the very first time or yes, because you need to say yes to Him again. Let me pray with you. If you're saying yes to Him for the first time, would you say this prayer just where you are? Say this after me online. You can join with us. You can say, Lord Jesus, oh, I need You. I want You in my life more than anything else. I want You to show me Your plan. Show me my destiny. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen, you can look this way. If you prayed that prayer and said yes to Jesus, then I want you to send your yes. This week I had the privilege of baptising somebody. You know, I was so glad for yes text because they don't live in Perth. And I was able to say, you know, every morning at 7am, because you live in this time zone. Every morning at 7am, you'll get a Word from God. And they kept asking me, I said, really? I said, yeah. And they said, what? One screen of the smartphone. I said, that's all it is. I said, it's a Bible verse and a prayer. And they said, really? They said, oh, I want to know the Bible. I said, this is how you start. I said, it goes for 30 days, no charge, no strings attached. They said, really? And I realised all over again how powerful this is. Thank you for whoever in the team organised all this. Thank you for the people who work to make it happen so that you can get a yes text every morning and hear the Word of God, have someone help you to learn how to pray. And then when I told them that there's 10 day series that go after that for another year and a half, they said, you're kidding. It's like Bible college in your phone. The numbers for that, if you're in Australia, it's 488 826 Just send yes, why yes. If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get it via email, you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Amen. Thank you for doing that. Father, thank you for those people. I just feel like people are going to say yes to Jesus. I really do. I feel like people are going to bring them in. Their yeses are coming in. Maybe right now, maybe this afternoon, could be any time of day or night. It works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thank You, Lord, for those people that You are drawing to Yourself. This is no accident, it's not emotion, it's the Holy Spirit. Thank You for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Give those people a great big hand, would you, whoever they are. I may not know them now, but I'll know them in Heaven. Can we just, while we're praying, just pray over our giving today. It's such a special part of our life. If you are new to Metro, here in this church, we don't uh, get embarrassed about giving. We are thrilled to be able to worship God, not only with our singing, not only with our attention to His Word, but with the giving of our finances. It's a part of our joy. We consider it one of the great privileges of life is that I get to invest in eternal things. I get to be a part of helping reach people with an eternal perspective because of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank You, Father. Thank You for every home, every life. Thank You for every giver in the Name of Jesus. Father, I pray blessing over them. Those, Lord, whose jobs right now seem a little bit bit tentative, a little bit fragile, bring blessing over them. Those Lord who've got contracts out and they're desperately waiting to hear, Lord, I pray peace and favor and faith over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.